We've been considering the Sabbath and the nature of Sabbath. We've talked about uh, Sabbath ceasing and Sabbath resting. And today we're going to talk about Sabbath embracing. And um, just a bit of a switch up. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 to 6. And then in the course of the message, I'll be referring to Isaiah 58. But I'm going to read Mark chapter 3, found on page 1555, 1555 in the Pew Bible. Mark chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. Let's pray together as we prepare to hear God's word. Christ our King, you gave us your word, and this word guides us, shapes us, and helps us to be your people. But most of all, your word connects us to you, and you want nothing more than to be with us. And so we pray, as we hear your word this morning, we would be reminded how much you long for us in every way to be with us. We pray this, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Mark chapter 3. Another time he, that is Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked him, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Chick-fil-A is known for being uh, closed on Sunday. They're firm about it. Even their stadium outlet stays closed for eight out of nine Atlanta Falcon home games played on Sunday. Chick-fil-A is always closed on Sunday. Except for when they're not. In December 2017, the Atlanta International Airport was hit with a complete blackout. Uh, Atlanta, as you may know, is one of the busiest airports in the world. Hundreds of flights were canceled. Countless passengers were stranded. But when Mayor Kasim Reed called called, Chick-fil-A responded. The staff was mobilized. They made chicken sandwiches. Thousands of hungry passengers were helped. I think Chick-fil-A got the commandment right. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Observing Sabbath isn't just about what we don't do, Sabbath ceasing and resting, aim is toward embracing God's kingdom. 
God intends Sabbath to move our lifestyle in God's direction. It's why Jesus once asked, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Jesus recognizes that as God's grace touches our lives, we commit to God's values and we live accordingly. Marva Dawn notes that the Jewish Sabbath emphasizes acting intentionally. Judaism isn't simply about some ritualized religion of law. The Hebrew people were given practices by God to set them apart from the culture. Not in an elitist way. God's people aren't holier than thou. No, rather, God gave his people Sabbath so that their values, their way of life, would not be swallowed up by the surrounding culture. The Hebrew people of God were called to deliberate actions, like observing Sabbath, so that their identity would always be as the beloved holy people of God. As one person notes, it was a sign that they belonged to the true God, the creator of the world who had himself rested on the seventh day. Unfortunately, by Jesus' day, the Sabbath rules lost their intentionality. Sabbath had become a straitjacket of excessive legalism. In Jesus' day, they were worried about plucking gray hairs or wearing jewelry on the Sabbath. They wouldn't dip a radish in salt, because if you leave a radish in too long, it might pickle, and that's a Sabbath offense. Of course, we know such legalisms. We've had our Sunday observances, watching TV, going to restaurants, Sunday shopping, all once taboo. Maybe they started with good intentions. We soon lost track of the intent. These practices lost connection to a Sabbath celebration of God's creation and redemption. Instead, they gave us just enough religion to make us miserable. Rules became more important than God's gospel good news. We can end up simply going through the motions. And that's where we find Jesus one Sabbath. The Gospel of Mark says, Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Now some were in that same synagogue keeping a close eye on Jesus. They wanted to see what he would do on the Sabbath. In front of everyone, Jesus approached the man with the shriveled hand and he asked him to stand. And then Jesus asked those words, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? No one answered. Sabbath was meant to slow us down enough so that we could see what really matters. Sabbath slows us down so that we stop our pushing and pulling and worrying and we discover ourselves, our friends, our family, our God. In short, Sabbath is meant to move us beyond the rules to embrace God and God's kingdom. And so Sabbath dispels the idea that life is under our control. In Sabbath, we discover life as God intends it to be. Some kept an eye on Jesus, looking for a reason to accuse him of not keeping the law. They wanted to to know if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what the Sabbath was for. Stretch out your hand, he said to the man in the synagogue. And he stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Sabbath is about life in God's grace. It's about living in the wonder of God's undeserved love. 
Sabbath isn't about keeping petty rules that give us a false sense that we're in control. We cease, we rest, we remember, we observe so that we will embrace God's kingdom. Because from the beginning of time, Sabbath has been an invitation from God to embrace that which gives life. And Sabbath is a time for us to embrace life together. Part of the restoration Sabbath accomplishes is a restoration to each other. We remember that together we are God's people. It's one reason why we gather for worship. In worship, we we set aside our desires, our work, our wants. We rest on the Sabbath from what we produce to just delight in the community that God gives us. The earliest community of God's people after the resurrection of Jesus was known for their devotion to God and to each other. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The early Christians enjoyed being together, and I'm sure it wasn't because they were all the same. No, Sunday became a day when a diversity of Christians would embrace Sabbath rest and spend time together, especially in worship. Jews and Gentiles, men and women, slave and free, Roman lovers and Roman haters worship together in praise of God to focus on God. That's so much more than going to church, as we often put it. Now we believe that we gather with God's people to worship. Our communal worship celebrates God's grace. We're refocused as God's people so that our whole lives and our life together is shaped towards God's kingdom. See, worship isn't entertainment or evangelism or instruction. Worship isn't about getting something. Our worship focuses us on God and God's presence but not to the exclusion of each other. As we come to see God's face, we turn toward each other in love. Emmanuel Church isn't just a bunch of people who happen to be here. God brings us here. God's Spirit moves in us to join us together in worship. And when we gather for worship, it's a humbling moment. We discover Life's not about me. Life is meant to be shared. Life is all about we. Real Christian faith and real Christian life is faith and life together. We don't just gather here and then disperse to our own tasks and pleasures. We gather on this, this day in this place to support each other as fellow pilgrims in God's kingdom. Because it's really, really hard to stand alone. Whenever or wherever I see any of you, I'm encouraged. From youngest child to oldest adult, we need each other. 
It happens in worship, but also when we gather together in smaller groups like gems or cadets or coffee break or men's study. It happens when we enjoy meals together in each other's homes or around a table in the social hall. It happens when we play together, cornhole or laser tag or golf, or when we engage in events together like concerts or stage plays or sporting events. Wayne Muller notes, when we enter into companionships with another, something larger than ourselves is born. One of the most precious gifts we can offer is to be a place of refuge, to be Sabbath for one another. One part of the Sabbath gift God gives us is that we cease and we rest. We slow down enough to embrace the gift of the community in which God has placed us. A gift that embraces us every day. And more, our Sabbath moves us to embrace the world. Sabbath doesn't end with us in this place. Sabbath doesn't even end on Sunday or whatever day we take for ceasing and resting. Sabbath doesn't remove us from the world. We don't Sabbath to retreat into a private religious sphere every seventh day. No, Sabbath carries us forward toward the world so that we will be a blessing. Marva Dawn notes, Sabbath plunges us more deeply into the world and its needs because it carries us more deeply into the heart and purposes of God. Sabbath intends to transform us into God's for God's service. When the Gospel of Luke tells this story of the man with the shriveled hand, it adds an important detail. A man was there whose right hand was shriveled. It's his right hand. Well, now that detail might not really grab our attention, but it's significant. The right hand was the hand that was used for blessing. This man with the shriveled hand was unable to bless anyone. When Jesus healed him, Jesus restored this man's ability to fulfill his God-intended role of blessing others. To live in God's Sabbath is to live life as God intended. Not just restricting a few activities. No, Sabbath is about having the life of Jesus formed in us. God wants to transform our lives, our whole life, so that we will live offering Jesus' blessing to others. Pastor Tim Keller notes, the Sabbath is about restoring the diminished. It's about replenishing the drained. It's about repairing the broken. This restoration to bless was God's desire from the start. We can see this in the teaching of the prophet Isaiah regarding the Sabbath. The the prophets often see the Sabbath as a call to return to God's covenant ways. Don't use Sabbath simply for your own ends and purposes. There's a couple of places where Isaiah points out that the Sabbath is greater than just for our purposes. Points out the inconsistencies of Israel's worship with her way of life. In chapter 1, the prophet speaks for God. God detests Israel's new moons, Sabbaths, and convocations. I can't bear your worthless assemblies, says God. In fact, the Lord goes so far as to say that he hates their worship, is weary of their burdensome festivals, and refuses to hear their prayers. 
Their worship activities are cut off from the well-being of their neighbor. Learn to do right, says God. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. In fact, later in his prophecy in chapter 58, Isaiah contrasts two ways of worship, or what he calls fasting. On the one hand, it says Isaiah, on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. See, Isaiah has no question that the people love to worship God. But even as they worship God, they practice exploitative economics and they oppress their workers. Instead of Sabbath rest, their way of life increases a spirit and way of social restlessness. In fact, Isaiah points to the way what God intends. He speaks of an authentic Fast, the kind of Sabbath God desires. Is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Sabbath is meant for us to cultivate a generous spirit. Marvadon calls Sabbath living a counter-offensive to our typical way of life. Sabbath gives rather than accumulates. Sabbath cares for others rather than seeks one's own personal pleasure. Sabbath living embraces a lifestyle of giving. That's precisely the focus Jesus brought to Sabbath. And Jesus makes clear Sabbath is best practiced for the good of others. He healed this man with the shriveled hand and many others on the Sabbath to remind us that compassion for others breathes life into our whole existence now and into eternity. Our Sabbath celebrations of worship must lead us to embrace our role as God's agents of caring for the poor freeing the oppressed, announcing the good news of salvation, building God's peace in the world. When we live this spirit of Sabbath compassion beyond the day and into the rest of our lives, God is at work. God is at work in and through us for the good of the world. But finally, we're offered Sabbath so that we can embrace God and discover ourselves Embraced by God. Isaiah concludes his teaching about right worship with this. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, Then you'll find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. You will find joy in the Lord. Sabbath seeks to pull all the scattered parts of our lives into a whole, the whole of being connected to God in God's world. 
Just as Jesus heals on the Sabbath, God seeks to heal our lives so that we will live with God as God intends. See, Sabbath isn't about whether we should go out to eat or shop at Save Mart. Sabbath is about having the generous heart of God to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. Sabbath isn't about whether my kids should play soccer on Sunday. Sabbath is helping my kids play soccer in worship to the Lord. Sabbath isn't primarily about a day of not working. Sabbath is about showing that I belong, body and soul, to my faithful Savior, Jesus, in everything I do, including my work. Sabbath is a time to recall ourselves to a life of embracing God and being embraced by God. The story is told of a mother and a son. The father had died when the boy was quite young. They grew up in a time when uh, evening television didn't rule. So the mother and son loved to spend evenings together. They would listen to the radio or they would read to each other. They enjoyed good music and good books. The young man met a woman when he was in his early 20s. They fell in love and they decided to marry Housing was tight, so the mother volunteered to share her place. She says, look, we have a a two-story house. I'll make an apartment for myself in the second story, and you and your wife can live in the first story. But the mother had one request. She asked for time together. She says, I'll miss those evenings of reading and music. And the son assured her, mother, he said, you can be sure of that. It's important to me, too. Uh, The couple married. The son stopped by a couple of times a week to spend time with his mother. But then soon he was busy, and eventually days and weeks went by between visits. The relationship was not what it used to be. One birthday, the son bought a lovely dress for his mother. She opened the package, looked at the dress. Oh, son, thank you. I appreciate so much what you've done. The son was concerned she didn't like it. Oh, yes, I do. It's my color. Thank you. He explained that he had the sales slip. She could take it back. No, said his mother. It's a a lovely dress. But the son wasn't fooled. He knew his mother too well. We've been together too long. He says, what is wrong? The woman turned and she opened her closet. Son, she says, I have enough dresses here to last me the rest of my life. I guess all I want to say is, I don't want your dress. I want you. Can you hear God saying that to you today? I don't want yours. I want you. God wants more than your attendance at worship. God wants you to God wants to be with you. God wants more than your life of service and compassion. God wants you to be close to God's heart. God wants more than what you have to give. Because more than anything, God wants you. Yes, Sabbath is a time for ceasing and resting. But Sabbath is also a time to embrace. To embrace our life together. 
to embrace our place in the world. God's Spirit moves us to a Sabbath life of generously offering compassion to others. When we stop going our own way and we embrace God's way, we will, says God, find joy in the Lord. For more than anything, Sabbath is a time to remember that God wants you. Let's pray together. Lord our God, forgive us if we've neglected you. If we think we could buy you more dresses with our giving or good works or Sabbath rules or whatever. For in that we forget how much you just want to be with us. That what you want most of all is us. That you want our lives. Lord God, King of our lives, continue to come close to us so that we will be close to you. Amen.